You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey again, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Just trying to solve our defensive issues. Nick asked um, me to do it. Are you broadcasting from a ham radio today, or no, no, no? I'm actually from a landline phone. This should be this should be fantastic. I should be loud and clear. Or, or landline phones no longer proper technology. Um, <clears throat> I don't know, but I think I I feel like you're letting everybody know that it's okay to storm the beaches of Normandy right now. (laughs) Um, It would not be a good idea to do that, by the way. Yeah, It was a really good idea in 1945 or whatever, 1941 or 43, whenever, 42, I think, when we did that. But uh, it would not be a good idea now. It would look a little crazy. Yeah, it seems like it'd be pretty aggressive on our part. Um, Something that's not aggressive is Alabama's defense, which we'll get to in just a second. But congratulations to one Najee Harris, who won SEC Player of the Week. A phenomenal performance. He leads the SEC now in rushing after 206 yards. He has 10 rushing touchdowns. The next closest in the SEC has four. That's incredible. That is super incredible. I guess five touchdowns in a game will do that because that, that, I think that, that ties the Alabama score record. Uh, Najee went, I think, in one game from not having the season we expected to, yeah, he's having the season we expected. <laughs> he did all of that in one game. Uh, but, hey, when you're only playing 10 games as opposed to 12, uh, you know, you can do something like that. You can you can make a huge statistical difference in just, just one game. So, Let's see what he does uh, in this upcoming weekend. We're playing not only, in my opinion, the best defense in the SEC, we're, we're, we're probably playing the best defense in the United States of America. No, I agree. Um, it's, uh, yikes, it's going to be a thing. I'm Jimmy, I'm just going to tell you the truth. Um, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around our winning this. And I'm not going to predict or anything just yet, but I'm just telling you right now, when the line came out, I really thought Georgia may be a slight favorite. I really did. Um, I sort of feel like an underdog, if that makes sense. And I say that based on this. If Alabama plays defensively this Saturday like they played last Saturday, and I know it's a different defense, it's a different quarterback, it's a different scheme, but if Alabama has that, level of play from the defense, then Alabama is not going to win the game. It's just that it's just that simple. Now we might score more points than anyone is going to score on Georgia all year, but they will get stops. We will not score nine touchdowns in eleven possessions against Georgia. That is not going to happen, people. Uh, now I do believe we will be the best offense they face all year. We are likely to score more points than they will give up all year. The question is, can we keep them out of the end zone? That group that played Saturday night is not keeping Stetson Bennett, the eighth, out of the end zone. So I'm with you in terms of being very apprehensive. I think the question is, will can our defense make a lot of strides this week? And I'm not going to sell Nick Saban short just yet. Yeah, let's let's keep it positive here in this first segment just for the heck of it. Um, 
<laughs> you know, I, I will get into all the negativity, but I, I think Najee won the Walter Camp Award for Offensive Player of the Week, too, just FYI, throwing down out there. So um, it's kind of odd now. I'm not trying to get too far off topic because I do want to keep it focused on the defense and focused on the negative in these next couple of segments. But um, if you had a Heisman, true Heisman candidate, like you can say, okay, one of these guys has a chance for Alabama to win the Heisman. Would it be Najee Mack or Waddle? Because frankly, I think Waddle's the best player in the country. I just don't think he can win the award. Um, so then it comes down to Mack and Najee. And I don't know that Najee's going to – I still saw some flaws in the game. I still didn't see, like, the true, real running back burst. Um, yes, I know he had a 39-yard touchdown and I think a 33-yarder or something like that. But, man, it feels like if that had been, you know, trying to go for 75, he would have gotten run down to me. Maybe, maybe he wouldn't, but we've never seen it. Ha- we've never seen him go seventy-five yards, so we don't know if he would or wouldn't. I would agree that potential flaws in the Heisman campaigns of Najee and Jalen Waddle is this: Najee doesn't hit enough home runs, so that keeps him out of the ESPN top ten plays of the day, and and it limits his numbers, frankly, because I mean, if the thirty-yard runs were sixty-five-yard runs, his numbers would be just insane. But they aren't, and they haven't been, and it's kind of crazy to assume that all of a sudden they'll start happening, you know, out of the blue. So I don't think Najee hit enough home runs. Waddle's issue, and none of it's his fault, he's the best player on this team, which may make him, you know, certainly on the short list of the best players in college football, if not number one. But Jalen Waddle has to divvy up catches with the fantastic Devontae Smith and the fantastic John Mechie. Uh, Jalen Waddle has to... To, to divvy up the workload there, and that's going to affect his overall numbers. He could overcome that, though, with some special teams touchdowns. But uh, these days in college football, uh, it's hard to get big returns because, you know, in kickoffs, everybody's kicking out of the back of the end zone. Uh, and, and in the punts, you know, there, you can punt the ball away from dangerous punt returners. So, uh, plus, Alabama's not forcing any punts. <laughs> then there's also that. So uh, I agree that almost by default, Mac Jones is the best Heisman candidate at Alabama. But the reason that he is is because he's playing at a Heisman level. I mean, he is he's deserving of, of the Heisman Trophy after three weeks. Now, other players are deserving too, and I'm not saying Mac's the most deserving. We don't have to determine that right now. I'm just saying this flat-out statement is true. Mac Jones, after three games, is deserving of the Heisman Trophy. Um, I, I certainly think that's a good point, and I do think that, uh, like you said, Najee's um, highlight tape won't blow anybody away. If you look at the stats, I feel like you might get blown away, but you're not going to get blown away by like, hey, let's let's put on some, you know, nobody's going to go back and look uh, at, at Najee's YouTube video like they do at David Palmer's or Jalen Waddles. You know, they're because it's just it's going to be one yard touchdown, four yard touchdown. Um, it, oh my God, there's one play against South Carolina, and then the rest of them are kind of just, you know, okay, not bad. Um, but that's I'm not trying to, you know, put a damper on anything. I'm just saying I agree with you that Mac is probably the better Heisman candidate. And here's the thing if Alabama were to beat Georgia this weekend, and right now I'm, I'm not predicting. 
I think Georgia will beat Alabama. I'm going to say that early. Um, then if, if Alabama were to beat Georgia this weekend, um, Mac's going to get all the credit just about no matter what happens. Um, even if the defense had it channels 2011 or 1992 and, and pitches a shutout, which ain't happening, then, um, I think Mac as the quarterback of the team that led the victory, he's going to get the credit because that's how these things work. That's correct, and, and and a big part of the Heisman always, to me, and, and I'm sure there are studies that can prove this. I'm sure it's true. Uh, if you want to win the Heisman, then play, deliver a big-time performance when everyone is watching. When everyone is watching, be big-time, and, and that's how Johnny Manziel could win a Heisman or Cam Newton, and uh, you know everybody's watching this big game, and, and then they, they, they play out of this world. And uh, Saturday night's a heck of an opportunity for Mac Jones because it's CBS, it's prime time, it's number two versus number three or whatever it is. Everyone is going to be watching Mac, and 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 I, I say that as as a you know a, the stage is his. In other words, the stage is his, and if he he's playing against what is universally recognized as a high quality defense, so any type of great game uh, will be against great competition. So. Uh, yeah, it's a heck of an opportunity for Mac to take a huge step forward in the race, or frankly, fall completely off the stage. Uh, that 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 has happened, uh, you know, too, uh, to candidates in the past. So we'll see what happens. I, I'm not going to pick Georgia to win the game. Uh, I don't know what my pick will be later this week, but if I do pick Alabama to win in a three-point game. That's not really that's not really far off from predicting a loss. I mean, I certainly recognize the danger that Alabama is in Saturday night, and uh, I'll be honest and quite, as, as frank as I can get. And I know this will shock people, and the immediate gut reaction will be Jimmy's just wrong again. But uh, here's my question: I'm going to have before the game Saturday night. Who's the best team? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure we're better than Georgia. I, I'm not sure. I think we might be. But I'm not sure we're better than Georgia. Saturday night, if the best team wins, that might not be good news for Alabama. So that's true. Now, now that said, I'm not, I'm not putting that opinion in cement. I mean, we're just in week four here. But sometimes when Alabama has lost, I know fans love to think it's all about us and, and, and turnovers or mistakes. But sometimes Alabama has lost to a team that's better than Alabama. Sometimes that has happened, <laughs> even in the Saban era. And uh, – that could be the case Saturday night. When that game's over, we might be saying, well, Georgia's better than Alabama is. You know, this thing could come full circle because uh, Alabama uh, hadn't lost to Georgia since 2007 at home in Tuscaloosa in OT. wouldn't surprise me if we lost another game in OT to Georgia. And it was Saban's first um, loss to an assistant, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it just wouldn't shock me. But, yeah, I'm predicting Georgia to win right now, and uh, maybe I'll change as the week goes on, get some sleep in me, uh, let Saturday wear off. As a friend of ours said, it's very difficult to get the images of Saturday night out of our heads right now. So maybe I'm overreacting, but we'll, we'll see. Jimmy, let me tell everybody about rockauto.com. Go check them out with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models. It's impossible or places to stock all the parts you need at a traditional chain storefront. It's just impossible. So why endure the pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning 
uh, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX or do you, is your chassis double XL? I don't even know what that means, but is it? Um, and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer and he's just tapping and hunting and pecking like me trying to type out an article. Um, you don't want to do all that. Go to rockauto.com. It's quick. It's easy. It's fast. Um, it gets you the parts quickly. It has what you need. It's cheaper. It's just awesome. You need to go check them out. Be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know you learned about them through the locked on family of networks. We certainly do appreciate your visiting our sponsors. We need them. We think you need us. So let's keep this going. Everybody hold everybody's hand and get through this together. Go visit rockauto.com. Okay, Jimmy, one uh, <laughs> one thing I was going to ask about, uh, oh, shoot, now my, my thoughts left me. I, I should have edited it out, but I'm not. I think people who know me know Your that. Your brain had a busted assignment. Yeah, I, I had a busted assignment. It was going to be about Mac Jones, and um, I'm trying to think about it. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, I wonder, oh, I do know now. Do you think Georgia will bring a lot of pressure on Mac Jones? And I say this because – the thing about pressuring Alabama right now, and we haven't given up a lot of – I think Mac Jones only been sacked twice. Um, that might be right. And one of them was just – a so it, it, the sack that Ole Miss got was a completely blown assignment. I mean, I don't know how it got screwed up, but Cole Kublik had a great tweet about how it seems Leatherwood either gave up the sack or felt somehow responsible for the sack in terms of he was supposed to do this or do that. And – Cole Kublik tweeted that the next like 10 minutes of game time were the best he's ever seen an offensive tackle play, or at least in a long time. Yeah, because Alex um, was mad. Leather, Leather, Leatherwood took it very personally. Um, and that, that sack was huge because it was on a third down. Um, but my point is, if you pressure Alabama, if you bring the house on Alabama or, or bring just an extra guy or two, you're leaving either Waddle, Mechie, or, or Devontae one-on-one. And that that's just – that's a recipe for disaster if Mac continues to make the right calls as he's been making. Yes, he has an interception this year, but it was a tip ball. Um, he has been taking what the defense will give him, uh, and that's something Tua didn't do. You know, Tua can throw a football uh, through the eye of a needle 30 yards away, but he's so confident in himself sometimes that he that he would just say, I'm going to throw this and, you know, let the rough end drag. I think Mac's doing – what needs to be done. You know, he's every night again, it's, it means uncork one, but for the most part, it's like, Hey, I got to check this down and get it to my guy in space. That's exactly how I feel about it is that uh, where Mac has been better than Tua, uh, you know, in, in this one area is, is, is taking the open guy uh, and not forcing the deep ball. I thought Tua uh, at times, you know, he wanted to, Tua was kind of that home run hitter that, that wanted to take big swings and uh, and Mac will hit his home runs. I think Mac just waits on on the right pitch. Mac Mac plays to the pitcher. The pitcher's going to throw something soft and away. He's got no problem singling singling into right field. Uh, if if the pitcher gives him a fat fastball at the belt on the inner part of the plate, he'll hit it out of the park. But uh, but Mac will take what the pitcher's given him. Uh, he just hits the pitch as pitched, and he's hitting on all cylinders in that regard. That's why he is. The, the best word to describe him is he has spectacular numbers, but basically he's just operating at 100% efficiency 
He's not making mistakes physically or mentally. Every now and then there's a throw. I can even remember one throw that got away from him a little bit uh, the other night. But, hey, that's football. That's not that's not a shot at Mac. That's, that happens to the best quarterbacks on Sundays. So uh, I think he's just playing extremely smart and efficiently and uh you know, there's nothing. You know, quarterbacks like to say, "Hey, there's nothing wrong with taking a profit," and uh, and and that's what Mac does. He he makes a positive play uh, as opposed to trying to make something happen. Yeah, and um, that's going to be key in this game because again, Georgia's defense is pretty damn disgusting. And you know, watching that game against Tennessee again, I know Tennessee put up some points, but in the second half, I think until the last drive. Tennessee only had 15 yards um, after taking a 21-17 lead into the half. And uh, that certainly doesn't necessarily bode well for Alabama. And here's the thing, you know, we score pretty quickly when we score, it seems like. And maybe we've got to be more clock conscious. Uh, You don't want to get out of what you're normally doing, right? But I got to find a way to get this defense some more rest or something. Something's got to give. The only positive that I keep reminding myself is that I think Matt Corral is more mobile than um, Stetson Bennett the fourth, and so therefore maybe some of these sacks plays that should have been sacks that weren't sacks will be sacks. And also, Ole Miss's—I mean, Ole Miss's offensive tempo is much quicker than Georgia's, so maybe that's a positive too. Uh, I think that Georgia, although Georgia's trying to be a little, you know, the plan with Jamie Newman is they were going to spread it out and go to, 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 you know, Oklahoma State looking offense. I mean, they wanted to spread it out with an athletic quarterback. They had to put the brakes on that just because the quarterback ended up being somebody that didn't really fit that style. So I think Georgia has kind of gone old school, uh, kind of almost a run first physical offense that, that tries to take some of the pressure off of Bennett. And uh, that probably plays into Alabama's hands. There's no question that schematically that appears to be a better matchup for Saban's traditional defense. So uh, I think just that alone is reason to believe that we're not going to see the same exact you know, uh, disaster that we saw last Saturday. Now that said, Georgia does this with very, very good football players and uh Stetson Bennett uh, is is a lot better. If if there are Alabama fans that scoff at Stetson Bennett, you're just wrong. He is effective. He's efficient. He's smart. He has a better arm than you think. He is a, an accurate passer, and uh, he he just hasn't he hasn't looked like a kid that's overwhelmed yet. Really quickly before we take this next break, what do you, what would you do about George Pickens and the whole thing where he like squirted water on the on the Tennessee player on the sidelines? I mean, what would you do about that? I yeah. I would be disappointed if Nick Saban didn't suspend the player for a minimum of a half, if not a full game, because that's just that was the most childish, immature penalty that you can possibly see in college football. And the fact it would come from a star on the team is just unacceptable. The way to build a team and the way to build the right program is to suspend him. That's what I think. But I don't believe Kirby will suspend him at all. Did they throw a flag for that? I I don't remember. They did? So they saw it? Yes. Oh, my God. Okay. See, here's the thing. I I was flipping back and forth, I guess. Maybe the Auburn game was on at the same time, and I was flipping back and forth. And I just saw Twitter go crazy with it, and I saw the highlight of it. 
I didn't see the actual play. So for them to throw a flag on it, meaning it was so obvious and therefore so incredibly stupid that the official saw it, you know, I could, I kind of get it like when somebody's in a pile and you're fighting for the ball and like you poke somebody in the eye and like you don't get called, but later on people found out you twisted an ankle or did whatever and people think you're an asshole. But if he was so obvious about it that they threw a flag, my God, how did they not throw him out of the game? I thought that he should have been ejected, frankly. Um, I did. Um, and But, yeah, they call it unsportsmanlike conduct on number one. Oh. He wasn't even in the game. He's on the sidelines. I mean, it's 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 it's, it's the other team's offense on the field. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I just think it's a terrible message to send uh, to your program that that, that you're going to tolerate that. And if you're a really good to me, that it, by not suspending him, to me, it just says, hey, if you're a good player, we don't care how you behave. And that's a horrible message to send. And I would be saying the exact same thing if it was Nick Saban and if it was uh, Mac Jones or Dylan Moses or Jalen Waddle. No, and I agree. Nope. 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 Here's, nope. The, here's the one thing about that. Um, Alabama had sort of the same situation with DJ Hall back in Saban's first year. And if you remember, he suspended against uh, La Monroe for the for the game, and we ended up putting him in at the in the second half because we were we weren't playing well. We were going to lose. And I think I swear. I, I mean, we'll never know. But if we don't put D.J. Hall in, maybe we come back. I think putting D.J. Hall in really backfired, and I think Saban may have learned a lesson. And it also should be noted, that was his first year at Alabama. This is Kirby Smart's fourth or fifth year? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, uh, I guess, uh, fifth year. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, I I feel like you're you're right. There, There needs to be some punishment. I don't know what it is, and maybe he'll do one of his internal things or whatever. But I'm kind of surprised the SEC office hadn't come out and said something. They're really quick to come out and defend these inept referees they have. Why can't they come out and say, hey, this is bogus, and any player that does this in the future. Okay, everybody got their one water bottle squirt out. That's it. George Pickens did it for all of y'all. Now, if somebody does some shit like this that we determine is in the same area code, you're suspended for a game because we do have to keep a modicum of sportsmanship involved in this contest. Jimmy, let me tell everybody about Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, BuiltBar.com. We talk about them all the time. Absolutely delicious, even deliciouser than before now. Six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, which is my personal favorite, almond almond crisp, apple almond crisp. Oh, two almond and a crisp. No, just apple almond crisp. Raspberry, German chocolate. They got everything you need. Uh, Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Uh, Great for a keto diet. A lot of people out there on a keto diet. And um, I'm not yet, but I'm going to get there if I keep having to jump off the uh, first floor balcony to get in these pants. Uh, They have about 180 calories, six grams of sugar, five grams net carbs, plus or minus. You know, that's that's all of them have that same kind of flavor profile and uh, uh, the the statistics on the calories, et cetera. Um, If you go to BuiltBar.com, and I know you will, you want to use code LOCKED on to get 20% off your next order. That's code locked on at builtbar.com. All right, Jimmy, for this last part, I want to start out with a question. <clears throat> when we talk about the defense, do you feel like, and I, I know what you're going to say. So, I mean, I'm making you choose. Don't say it's a combination. I want you to choose one. 
do you believe that in terms of Alabama's defense, that this is Pete Golding's fault and he's just not going to get it? Or that Alabama doesn't have any alpha dogs on the defense right now? Well, I mean, if those are my two choices, I would go with A and blame it on Pete. If those are the two choices, I'm sure, as with almost every complicated problem, there's a complicated answer. It's not just as simple as this guy sucks, get rid of him. Uh, Although, in my opinion, based on all I've seen over three years, uh, I think Alabama should have a different defensive coordinator next season. Uh, That's my opinion. But I do think, as usual, just like we talk about with quarterbacks, uh, you know, Pete's probably taken, you know, too much of the blame, though the, the, buck, the check stops with him, the buck stops with him, and, uh, you know, he's, he's responsible for the defense. So, uh, but is it just Pete? I mean, that doesn't that, – that, that flies in the face of the organization. I mean, the defense is not 100% the product of Pete Golding and what Pete says goes – it is a collective effort that starts with the head coach, all of Pete's assistants, and the defensive analysts. And there are four or five defensive coordinators in that building. And uh, now if Pete's just like, uh, screw all y'all, I'm doing it this way, and I could care less what Charlie Strong or Mike Stoops or Sal Sinceri uh, or Nick Saban has to say. Uh, but I don't think that's Pete's attitude, or he would have been gone a long time ago. So I'm sure it's a collective effort, and, and there's – issues that aren't just Pete, but should Alabama make a change? I think so, um, but not during the season. I, I am against, as a general principle, mid-season firings. I think you prepared for the season, uh, all off-season, and, and, and you go through with that plan. And, and here's the thing. Everybody loves to talk about, well, we're going to see what this defense is made of when we play Georgia. You know, do they have any pride, et cetera? I think we're going to get to see what Pete Golding is made of. I th- forget the defense. I think we're going to see, okay, because he got to know. He's got to know the world wants him fired right now, right? It's absurd to think that he and his family don't read social media. Of course they do. So if he knows that, either he can slink into a ball and be like, ah, this is just not going to work out, or he can say, all right, I'm, I'm about to prove everybody wrong. And, you know, obviously I'm hoping that's the route he's going to take. Well, I think Alabama's going to make some changes. Nick Saban's not going to just do the same exact thing every week and expect different results. So I think there'll be changes. I just don't know that those changes will be obvious or visible to the fans like us. Uh, but th- there will be some things changed, of course. There has to be, right? So uh, in terms of what's changed, I don't know if it will be apparent or not. But I'm pretty confident it's going to happen. Yeah, uh- something's got to give. I mean, I don't know what the hell it is, but something's got to. Um, Any other just overall SEC thoughts? I thought it was kind of chintzy for the SEC to give Najee uh, co-offensive player of the week with Kellen Mond. Yes, Kellen Mond, great win. We're so happy that you got that win. You needed to get that win because you hadn't had a win like that. But, you know, Najee had five touchdowns and 206 yards and goes from about 10th in the SEC to rushing to first in one game. How about just letting the guy have his moment? That's uh, I, get, I get that totally. Uh, I think, you know, 
the SEC is the best conference with the best players, so I'm sure it's really difficult every week to pick one guy, uh, you know, on each side of the ball and say, hey, this one guy was the best. I'm, I'm sure that's really hard every weekend. There are multiple guys that deserve, but that's kind of like the Heisman to me. I mean, I know only one guy wins the Heisman. That doesn't mean only one guy is deserving. Uh, sure, Kelamond uh, is deserving. Sure, Najee uh, is deserving. Mac Jones is also deserving. Uh, and, you know, I think they should just pick one. Uh, and, and not have Coe's just because that's kind of a bailout. Um, but but uh, it's a difficult job. Najee deserves it. Mac deserves it. Uh, Kelamond, of course, deserves it as well. All right, buddy. Well, we'll, we'll be back. What, did, what was that that I just said? We will be back is what I'm trying to say. What what? How did I get tongue-tied on that? <laughs> um, we will be back tomorrow. Uh, with yet another fantastic edition of Locked on Bama. So everybody uh, be prepared. And uh, Jimmy, roll tight. Roll tight.